You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Not joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden. Frank is, uh, you know what, in a somewhat similar way, um, I think we'll get an announcement from Frank in the next little while letting us know when he will return. Right now it is just, um, I, I know some people were asking when will Frank be back, which one, Stop worrying about it. Frank can come back whenever he wants. He just had a child. So if it takes him two months, it takes him two months. Like he can come back whenever he wants. But two, he's answered some of those tweets with sometime this week. So that's what I'm going to tell you right now. Sometime this week, Frank will be, will be back and it'll be great. And I'll be happy to have him back. But until then, I have another wonderful friend, guest, Buck's Mind, Buck's Twitter member, managing editor at Brew Hoop. I have my good friend, Mitchell Maurer. Mitchell, thank you so much for helping fill in and helping fill the Maddenless void. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm more than happy to uh, do a fellow dad a favor every now and then. Man, you dads got to stick together. I, 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 don't, I can't relate at all. I'm just happy that I got a dad here to hop in for me. Uh, uh, I come up with some dad jokes. So uh, while, while we start talking about this Philly game, while I come up with some really bad puns. <laughs> um, before we do that, we're going to talk to Jabari Parker. Um, during the game tonight, they mentioned on Fox Sports Wisconsin, hey, we're going to have an interview with Jabari Parker. And I would hope most everyone's minds immediately went to, whoa, they're actually going to tell us when Jabari is actually coming back. And that was exactly what they did. And Jabari let everyone know that on Friday against the New York Knicks, Jabari Parker will make his return to action. It'll be, I think, I, I can't remember the exact dates, but a little bit short of a, a full year. I think in the 11-ish month range. I'm trying to think exactly what day it was, um, but a little bit short of a year. So I think in the 11-month range, exciting stuff. Jabari Parker back on the floor. I know I've had a bunch of people tell me, oh, he's I, I've – you can see the pictures of him practicing and he's been going with the, the, the G league team so often, like he has to be ready. And uh, I know Troy Flanagan talked a little bit with Matt Velasquez of the journal Sentinel and said like, yeah, the big thing with Jabari has been the last six weeks trying to get him game ready. And it's kind of a difficult thing to do, but obviously the G league kind of helps out with that. And moral of the story, Jabari Parker back on Friday night, Mitchell, your reaction, your thoughts, your feelings when you heard the news. No, it's just, excited exhilarated nervous scared a little hungry but that may have been separate from jabari's announcement it no matter the which way you slice it the fact that he is coming back so quickly and after following his rehab regiment so closely in order to get as close to game ready as he is and you and i both know like he's not going to be truly nba game ready 
on Friday night. He's not going to play his customary 30 minutes. He's not going to get his, uh, hopefully, to be customary again, 20 points on however many shots. Like He's going to ease back into it, yep. and that's only a good thing. Uh, the Bucks are going to have something like seven games bef- between Friday and the All-Star break to kind of see what Jabari has before that extended uh, downtime when uh, when the league kind of goes on pause for a few days so it's going to be it's going to be really really interesting to see what he's got like right out the gate i'm not expecting a lot but just the fact that he's on the floor at all is incredibly encouraging yeah and when you listen to people around the team it is strangely enough the same thing you heard the first time around that he is more athletic he's stronger he's this time around leaner which i think is maybe something that as you've seen a guy so big barrel chested large move in those ways and move so quickly and just so explosively you maybe maybe you think oh that might be the reason that he's just too big to be moving around that way and to hear that he is leaner and faster and all those things like that i think should help Bucks fans get even more excited about something that was already exciting, and uh, I think it's going to be fun to watch him just play, man. Like, I, I've had I've had so many tweets about what does Jabari look like, and my response is always like a guy shooting around after practice like that (laughs) that, that's all i know like i don't get to i get to see the very end of practice but i don't really ever get to see him play like you knew that he was out doing stuff and you would just kind of kind of hear some of those things and jabari always did a nice job uh during his return to make sure that he threw himself an alley-oop or threw down a cool dunk right in front of the media uh for the last month and a half or so so i always kind of we always kind of got like a private Jabari Parker dunk contest spread out over 30 days. So that was always cool, but that, what does that tell me? Like, that's not, I don't know. Like, he can jump. That's good. Um, so just getting to see him play is going to be awesome because it, he is so explosive and he is so talented. And you just kind of wonder what it'll all be, how many minutes he can play from the start. Uh, is he going to be able to play back to backs? Like, because before the all-star break they do have one like you go friday february 2nd against the knicks then sunday against brooklyn tuesday against the knicks and then friday saturday against the heat and the magic um a mm. uh, florida road trip so i would kind of think we don't see them in back-to-backs but at the same time maybe maybe that these this week or so is to get him prepared for that type of thing because obviously you see that he's not gonna play on thursday in the first part of the back-to-back uh with the wolves and the knicks so i think that'll be something to watch where his minutes are and then just kind of how he contributes here because as you look at this bucks team in the last week under joe prunty like the staggering patterns have kind of changed yeah, like you've seen Giannis used at different times. You've seen Chris Middleton used at different times. Like they're still the guys that are staggered, but they're in different places and they're playing with different people and throwing Jabari into the mix there. Like that's just I don't I don't want to say combustible part, but it's another part. It's another thing that could change the way those squads look those units look uh it can change the looks that chris gets it can change the looks that Giannis gets and just how does jabari fit into all of that he's such a gifted 
offensive player that surely that will help out those bench units and kind of how they score and it should help out maybe the starters and how they score but how he fits in there is just going to be fascinating to watch yeah and what i'm really excited to look for uh two things with jabari the first is always going to be his defense and we can certainly cover that in more detail later basically is he going to come back with the wherewithal and the focus that he needs in order to be successful whatever success is for jabari on defense um and that you know that's going to be a longer running conversation as it has been for the duration of his career so far but as it relates to him on the offensive end especially as he gets reintegrated into a professional offense there's a lot of playmakers on this team that baseline bari is going to be able to make an appearance around (laughs) like obviously Giannis is one of the best playmakers in the league and certainly the team's best playmaker but Chris Middleton is also very good at finding teammates. Eric Bledsoe may not have flashy assist totals, but he can move the ball and often does. Malcolm Brogdon is a good playmaker and a good passer. I would even put John Henson into the category of surprisingly good playmaker for his position. He's definitely not going to set the world on fire as a center. Uh, I'm not ready. I'm not saying that we're going to have point center John Henson <laughs> anytime soon, but he can pass. He does. Yeah at least this season especially, he's demonstrated that spatial awareness on the floor to get the ball moving. So that's a lot of players that Jabari's going to get a chance to share the floor with. And with his awareness on offense and his ability to kind of sense the moment and when to cut to the hoop and to find a lane for one of his breathtaking thundering plays, thundering dunks, uh, I think that we might get we might be pleasantly surprised with the number of highlights that we see, even if he isn't the most productive from the get-go. Yes. Uh, as you think about Jabari Parker, if there's one thing I can just imagine, it is it is dunks. It is baseline Bari creeping, being able to find a little opening, getting a sweet pass, and just throwing it down with two hands on top of somebody's head. Like, that's what you think of. And, oh, I'm ready. Uh, My body is ready. <laughs> but I, yes, uh, and obviously there are a lot of other things that Jabari last year, before getting hurt, turned into a, a very efficient scorer, doing other things like hitting jumpers. And uh, from the three-point line, he was a- really able to add that next element to his game. So it's going to be really fun to watch him come back and see what he has. Like Mitchell said, though, we can spend some more time on that at another moment, but we will – the rest of the night we we will talk about the game and we will uh push the jabari talk for a little bit later maybe that'll be a a gift for frank whenever he makes his his return maybe that can be our, our jabari episode um and we can kind of talk a little bit more about that in depth so looking at the bucks game tonight they win 107 95 they beat an Embiidless sixers team that with Embiid had beat the Bucks on Saturday, a team that the Bucks didn't look particularly good against in that game. At the same time, though, they did not have Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, so it, kind of a, a weird situation where the Bucks robbed Philadelphia of Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Sixers robbed Milwaukee of Joel Embiid and said, well, you don't give us your star. We, we're not going to give you ours. So um, a nice thing for the Bucks, they're able to get a win four straight now um, looking at the stat lines on the night Giannis with 31 points 18 rebounds it's a lot of boards 18 rebounds for Giannis Adetokounmpo 31 points 18 rebounds six assists a block not the most efficient night shooting for Giannis 10 of 22 
one of yeah, five. Yeah, he was forcing he was forcing things a lot, especially in the third quarter. Yeah, you could tell that he didn't feel entirely comfortable, but it, it was kind of a, a strange type of dichotomy he was trying to figure out because on one hand, he knew Embiid wasn't there. Yep. And, and when he plays these Sixers teams, often there'll be times where you know you get past that first level and then on the second level or third level or however you want to break it down, waiting for him at the rim is Joel Embiid. And you could tell that he was very aware that Embiid was not around. At the same time, though, Ben Simmons can do his thing. <laughs> like, yeah. He, he, can, he can really play. And when you have a guy like Simmons, you have Covington, you have some guys that can make it tough on Giannis. And even, I guess, on the bench to an extent, Justin Anderson, Rashawn Holmes, like those are, are again, some more – large athletic bodies that can make it tough on him uh, and I thought throughout the game you mentioned maybe sometimes where he was forcing other times where he got loose but overall I thought it, he was in attack mode even if attack mode wasn't necessarily working as well and as efficiently as it normally does yeah definitely and he wanted to force the issue in order to draw contact off of the Philly defenders that's how he was able to take 10 trips to the line making all 10 yep. this evening which makes his night look a little bit more efficient um, but he was also and you might be able to speak more to this he also seemed really aware of where his teammates were and trying to get them set up uh, for when he did go on his forays to the rim and yeah he might have you know maybe pulled back and tried to you know take it himself or try to draw a foul unsuccessfully he did have four turnovers on the night uh but he did seem he wasn't just interested in scoring he was interested in making sure his teammates got involved as well yeah i really thought in the fourth quarter the difference was he he knew that he could attack and, and he knew that he was going to draw the attention of those sixers defenders and Man, there was just some really nice sequences that he started. Um, you think to kind of that stretch where it was they push it up to an eight-point lead. Um, I'm trying to think if it's 86-78 or 76-68. Um, either, I think it was the first one, where they pushed up to an eight-point lead and there was the Middleton three and then the Tony Snell three. And the Tony Snell three came on one of those – I mean, I don't think there's really another other way to say it. One of those LeBron plays where it was kind mm. of it was kind of on the left wing, and he's able to draw attention, and then it's one of those real hard skip passes across, and it wasn't to Tony Snell. I, I can't remember who it was to, but it, it was to that wing, and then an extra pass, and maybe another extra pass to get it to Tony Snell over on the left wing, top of the key area, and Tony Snell buries that three, and then the next time down, I think he actually gets the assist to Middleton on that one. Middleton hits that three, and it all of a sudden it's an eight point lead for the bucks. And there was just kind of those moments I thought throughout the fourth quarter where it was the gravity bending type of passes that only the, the truly great players in the league can make. And Giannis was, I tweeted something out about Giannis just slinging this thing around here in the fourth quarter. And I really oh, thought, yeah. I really thought he was like, there was just time you could just see he had a confidence and he knew at that point kind of where defenders would be and how he could manipulate them and start those sequences. Yeah, there was, there was one, I think it was that one that you posted about on Twitter 
where he was on the left wing, and then with his left hand, he just threw an absolute fastball through the teeth of the defense right into Tony Snell's hands in the right side corner. Yep. Hit him right in the hands. Tony Snell missed the shot, but the pass itself was eye popping. Yep. Oh my god! I, like how you I, like how do you see it, and then how do you decide? Okay, I'm going to make this pass, and then to actually not just have the strength to get it from point A to point B, but the timing to not have it get deflected. <laughs> yeah. It, like I don't like. I, I'm not ready to do a calculus problem in the middle of a basketball game. I don't know how he does it in his own head. Yeah, and, and really that's. It's it's been kind of exciting. I I think on Twitter I said Frank and I about a month ago, a month and a half ago, were complaining about the hashtag cool pass quota. Like there just haven't been enough cool passes from Giannis. And again, this it seems like a very elementary idea of thinking about cool passes in that meaning you're a good passer. But only good passers can throw good like cool passes consistently if that makes any sense like every you can pull one out of your ass every once in a while like there's no doubt about that but the best passers in the league are the ones that make cool ones regularly and maybe those in the fourth quarter weren't cool passes there weren't bounce passes in between three people there wasn't a behind the back pass there wasn't that one he did in between the legs on a fast break to Sterling Brown the other night like it wasn't any of those but it was just passes that show off a, a, an understanding of the game that others simply don't have. Or, or maybe got, guys might understand it. Like, Delhi might understand the game to that level, but he's not talented enough to make that yeah, pass. Yeah, Del- like, Delhi's not, not playing it like that. Yeah, so like you just kind of have both the, the mental ability, the skill, you put them together, and then you have that, that ability. And I just thought that really kind of controlled the game, set the tone, and kind of made it happen for the Bucks in the fourth quarter. And it was really, to me, just one of those games where there was a chance the Sixers were going to come back. There was a chance that the Sixers stayed in it. But in the end, it was just Giannis is too much. And even if it wasn't him scoring and getting to the basketball all the time, like, he was just too much. It was his game, and you couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, well, we're, it's, it's Giannis's world, and we're all living in it, except for his partner, Matthew Dellavedova, who went <laughs> off for 10 points in the fourth quarter, including two threes, a pair of late free throws, and an absolutely ridiculous, like, quasi-Euro, I think Frank called it the dingo step on Twitter. I was really, a little like, bit concerned about dingo step, and then Suki tweeted at him that, or tweeted that that made her laugh, so I was like, okay, it's not, like we can call it the dingo step. I'm down with calling yeah. it the dingo step. Yeah, yeah, we got the Suki Hobson seal of approval, so I feel <laughs> comfortable using it as well. But like, he got Ben Simmons, of all people, twisted around underneath the rim, and then he does like this little half jump in the air to flip it over his head. It just, like, it's the most deli thing I've ever seen. I love it so much. I want that gift to just, like, get pasted on the inside of my eyeballs for all eternity. So when I close my eyes, I can just see that ridiculous finish that, like, like deli sometimes does fun things, right? And that's just one of those fun deli things. But he, you know, he was clutch in the fourth quarter. Uh, I don't think that he by himself would have put the game away. It wasn't for Giannis, but uh, I guess that's just one of the benefits of having one of the best players on the planet on your team is that every once in a while, one of your role players can step up and do something pretty fun. Yeah, and I mean, it was big, too. Like, they needed Delhi in that fourth quarter because Eric Bledsoe started the game tonight, went out after about two and a half minutes, and it had looked... 
honestly, I thought he got pulled from the game. Like he he just mm. didn't appear to be playing hard. He left his defensive assignments. He he just wasn't. He didn't seem to be able to understand where he should be on defense, and it was just a number of bad possessions. And after the game, we found out that it's an ankle injury that that he's been dealing with on his left ankle, and that the plan was, Eric Bledsoe told us after the game, that the plan was to let him kind of see if he could go tonight, and they wanted to give him that first three or so minutes to see if he was going to be able to get through it. He was not, and they took him out of the game, and then – Brogdon plays 22 minutes. He he was new to the starting lineup, but he's he had missed two games before this. So I think there's some level of trying to ease him back into it as well um, with that calf soreness. So they they literally needed minutes from Delhi, and he delivered in that fourth quarter. I think I would assume the goal was to have him start the fourth quarter and then eventually bring in some other guys for him and he just played too well you mentioned the two threes and just the confidence i i want delhi's confidence because oh, we should all be so lucky because just the the belief in yourself that you can euro step ben simmons who's been going i mean obviously Giannis outplays him but he kind of went toe for toe there with Giannis like he was the one covering Giannis he was attacking him on the other side like but you as Matthew Delvadova have the confidence to go at him and then do a euro step where you pull the ball over the top of Ben Simmons and then instead of finishing with your left hand off the glass or even finishing with a reverse with your right hand off the glass you do a 180 spin and then just gently toss it over your head with your right hand and have it go in like i just i can't comprehend being as talented as delhi and having the confidence to say you know what i got this and it was one of those nights where things were going right for him it falls and he was huge a plus 17 tonight he's the the bucks leader in plus minus on the night uh Mm -hmm. 10 points three assists two steals and it was it was funny too that I mean, they were feeding off his energy. He hits a three on one end, and then he comes down, and I don't even—I'm trying to think who they were trying to pass it to, but I think it might have been a switch. Delhi jumps the pass on the switch, gets a steal. He goes down to the other end uh, a little bit later. Chris Middleton jumps a pass, and he doesn't get the steal, but he gets a deflection there, and everything was just kind of feeding. And uh, I mean, that's that's the type of basketball you want to play. You want to be on the offensive end, moving the basketball getting good looks, hitting threes, and then defensively, you want that to, to kind of feel like something for the Sixers in that offensively, you can't be stopped. So defensively, you're able to get that extra edge and the Sixers know that they need to score and thus maybe aren't as clean with the balls they need to be, maybe aren't able to do what they need to do. And it was just one of those fourth quarters where they just kept feeding off each other and they are able to, to close it out. Yeah, Sixers are still a young team. You know, they're still learning how to play together and and everything else that goes with that. Um, but in, in all seriousness, like the yeah, I totally agree. The uh, the grits. The, I want to find a different word. I really would love a different word. But I left my thesaurus in the other room, and I'm not gonna get up on the call already. It's okay. The grit that the Milwaukee Bucks showed this evening, particularly the guards, because it wasn't just Delhi. Like Sterling Brown stepped up. Tony Snell stepped up. Jason yep. Terry. Stuff. Like every guard that the Bucks had who contributed when Eric Bledsoe couldn't because he was limited by his ankle and Malcolm Brogdon was limited by his calf. Like 
those guys made a big, big difference. And especially in the fourth quarter, like the Sixers got a little bit frustrated. You know, they yeah. kept trying to make things happen and they certainly weren't going to hit any shots themselves because they hit two out of 26 from behind the arc, which is preposterous. Um, it just, you know, if, if your shot's not going your way and you're trying to move the ball to get d- different looks elsewhere and the ball keeps getting tipped, like that really just erodes your, maybe not, you know, long term, but in the context of a single game, it really does erode your self confidence and it's hard to deal with. You know, I'm confident that Brett Brown and Philly is, are going to come away from this and, you know, do whatever they need to do. They've got their own bright future ahead of them. Uh, I, for one, am happy that Milwaukee's future was a little bit brighter tonight. Yeah, looking at the Sixers, Saric 0 for 8 from 3. Covington 1 for 8. So between those two, 1 of 16 of their 2 for 26. So only one make from 3 for the rest of of the squad. But you can kind of just, I mean, you've seen now in a couple games, the Bucks have somewhat limited teams' three point attempts, but also teams have just shot really poorly against them, which yep. is a stroke of good luck. Certainly, and with the luck that the Bucks had in the first 15 to 20 games, maybe necessary and, and nice to see it kind of bounce back the other way. Um, but still, at the same time, if they're not going to be able to hit outside shots, it's that floor is going to get a lot smaller and things are going to become a lot tougher. Uh, you mentioned the Bucks guards. Man, they, they really had a nice night. Um, and it was all of the guys, like you said, outside of Bledsoe and Brogdon. Bledsoe plays three minutes. Brogdon plays 22. Uh, he's one for four from the field, 0 for three from three, two for two from the line, four points, four assists, four rebounds, and a block. So uh, a pretty quiet night for Malcolm Brogdon in 22 minutes. But looking at those other guards, Delhi 26 minutes. He had those 10 points, three assists, and two steals. Shan- uh, Sterling Brown, I almost said Shannon Brown. Um, not Shannon Brown, Sterling Brown. Uh, 10 points, two rebounds a steal for Sterling Brown in 20 minutes. He was also two of three from the three point line. Tony Snell, 11 points, four of seven from the field, three of five from three, uh, two rebounds for him and an assist and a block. And then Jason Terry in 16 minutes, five points, two assists, one rebound, one steal and one of two from three. And you put it all together. And in those lineups where you have Chris Middleton and you have Giannis Dettacumbo, they hit shots. And I, I will say this, that there, there are certainly times where I've wanted more creation out of those lineups, but if you're going to put Thon Maker on the floor with those guys and then all of a sudden you have four shooters spread around Giannis or Chris, things start to look pretty good. The ball starts to hum around. Defenders have to go all the way out to the three-point line, and, and you're able to just by the virtue of having that type of gravity on the floor, by having those type of shooters on the floor, you make it harder on the defense. Even if you don't have spectacular off-ball movement, if you don't have uh, incredible screens and sets and things set up, like just that alone, just putting four guys out on the floor with Giannis or Chris opens everything up. That's just, that's just how it works. And when you look at... I think I don't want to say it's transformative, but 36 minutes out of Sterling Brown and Jason Terry, and in those minutes, they're not really trying to create a ton off the dribble, but they know that okay, my job is to run around these screens, is to get my touches where I need to, and is to space the floor for whoever is out there with me. 
that's it's huge. It, it is just simply huge. And um, I just thought a great performance from all, from all those other guards, and they're kind of unsung heroes, but they really helped the Bucks seal this one tonight. Yep, they really did. And another unsung hero for you, John Henson, who found himself uh, consistently open either along the baseline or along the side of the lane uh, whenever either Giannis or Chris did draw those double teams. He got himself 13 points. Uh, just every so often when he got a little bit of space, Henson keeps making the easy, simple, straightforward play and is usually a positive contribution for his team. Just everything came together tonight. You know, maybe you know you don't want to come away with just a 12-point victory over and a Joel Embiidless 76ers squad, but hey, I'm gonna take them however they come. Yeah, and when you look at the ability Henson had, and um, our, our friend at Brew Hoop, uh, one of your Brew Hoopers, Gabe Stoltz, had asked post-game kind of what Henson meant to the team tonight. Uh, there was a huge sequence in the final couple of minutes where he he tipped a ball out uh or he tipped an offensive rebound out the Bucks secured it and then about 10 seconds later he got into a side pick and roll with Middleton slipped the screen caught on the baseline two-hand dunk and I think that put the Bucks up 15 I want to say and mm. it sealed it like that was it and Gabe had asked Joe Pronti post game kind of what John is doing right now and Joe, as he tends to do, gave this huge answer um, where he talks about all the the different things that he has to do. And he mentioned that Henson has a lot of responsibility on the offense and it maybe might not be like the things that you think of. The way he put it, he said he's got a lot of responsibility within the offense. He's got to play on the high post. He's got to play underneath the defense. There's times where teams are switching on him, so he's got to duck in, but he can't stay in the lane too long or he'll get the three-second call if we don't get him the ball. He's got to run the floor. So many things he's got to do. I'm not saying other guys don't, but when he gets to the spots, he can be effective. He's really, really good. And I I think that kind of sums it up that throughout this season – I wrote about it a couple months into the year. We've talked about it on here. Um, we tried not to jinx him last time we talked, um, but it, it, you just think about what that, what the perfect fourth or fifth starter looks like mm-hmm. on any team, and it's not to do, it's not to score a bunch of points. It's not to be the guy that gets six assists per game. It's not to do any of those things. It's just to do the little things. It is to fill in all of the cracks that need filling and that can be both offensively and defensively and John Henson has done that this year and tonight was another great example of him maybe not having a standout night where you say man John Henson was incredible but he was just there he was solid and he did everything he needed to do yep and this this just to kind of bring it all full circle to tonight's announcement regarding Jabari Parker's return like that's another piece the Bucks are going to be able to add that reduces the team's reliance on players who might be overmatched for the roles they're being asked to fill. Yep. Like the fewer minutes that Delhi plays is better because when Delhi is able to go all out for limited run and is able to specifically focus on the things he does do well. And yes, I know that might come as a shock to some fans, but Delhi does do some things very well. But when he can focus on just doing those things and be the best damn deli he can be, <laughs> and ditto for Tony Snell and for Sterling Brown and for everybody else that's coming off the bench to contribute, like that that pecking order 
that gets reshuffled whenever a major piece becomes available again. And, you know, Jabari Parker's got a bunch of questions about his futures because of his weird contract timing and everything else that I'm sure we'll discuss ad nauseum later. But for now, it's just it's another exciting example of the way this team is set up and they could do some pretty fun things in the next couple of weeks and months. Some pretty, pretty, pretty fun stuff. Um, I'm trying to think through the rest of this. Uh, Thon Maker doesn't have a huge game tonight. Uh, two points, three rebounds, an assist, two blocks, but a plus 14 in 18 minutes. And uh, you look at all the guys that kind of got actual run and not just uh, garbage time run, everyone pretty much performed for the Bucks tonight. So uh, a full-on team win. Bucks beat the Sixers uh, 107-95. Sixers 2 of 26 from the three-point line. They scored 60 points in the paint, outscoring the Bucks by 22 in the paint, but it didn't much matter because they couldn't hit a shot anywhere else. And I'm not sure it had anything to do with the Bucks' defense or just the Sixers mix, missing shots. When you go 2 for 26, I would assume there's there's plenty of you just missing, missing shots uh, and not the defense forcing that. But uh, another night that will help out the, the Bucks and – get them another win and now they have four straight and i think i gotta say thank you for helping me through this mitchell i I think that's all i got for tonight i gotta say thank you for having me it's always a pleasure you let me know anytime that frank has got to be up with matilda late at nights with the bottle getting the diaper changed i know how that goes fellow dads we gotta stick together yeah i mean your brethren really uh so 107 95 bucks win Giannis Dedekumbo, 31 points 18 rebounds six assists 10 of 22 on the night 105 from three 10 of 10 from the free throw line though uh so that kind of helped his night chris middleton rough night shooting seven of 19 Two of five from three, three of four from the line, 19 points for him, seven rebounds, six assists, two steals, and a block. And then four more guys in double digits for the Bucks. Henson with 13, Delvadova with 10, all in the fourth quarter. Uh, Sterling Brown with 10, Tony Snell with 11. Um, just contributions across the board. Any of the guys that didn't play in garbage time all scored for the Bucks tonight. So um, really just a full-on team effort. Bucks win. They will have some time off until Thursday when they play the Minnesota Timberwolves in Minnesota. And then on Friday, Jabari Parker returns against the New York Knicks. So uh, sure to be an exciting week. It, it doesn't. It feels like the Bucks. At, Mitchell, I had told you this privately, what, uh, two or three weeks ago, that – I'm. This is an uninteresting. This team is uninteresting to me. They, they. I don't know if they're boring, but they are uninteresting because everything kind of seemed to be in place for the rest of the year, and Jason Kidd gets fired, and now that's all thrown in the air. Hey, stuff changes fast in the NBA. You just got to keep up, and that's what we'll try to do. We'll try to do that tomorrow. Thank you for joining us. I'm Eric. Frank is still out. Maybe he'll be back soon. And that was Mitchell. Thank you again to Mitchell for filling in the managing editor at Brew Hoop. Follow him at Wales Larry. We'll do all of this again tomorrow. Maybe it'll be Mitchell. I don't know. We'll see what happens. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We'll talk to you tomorrow.